Hey there, and welcome to episode 117 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. I am very excited to welcome our guest, Lev Berlin, the founder of Recipal, onto our show today. So in this episode, we are chatting about nutrition labels on your packaging, when you need them, how to get them, and what to take into consideration as you do. So I know that so many of you guys have questions around this as you launch and grow your packaged food businesses, so let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for about six years, and this year in 2021, we'll hit our 1,000th brand to enroll in the course. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and nearly 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts. So whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms, I would love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on to the waitlist to be the first to know when we welcome in new food, beverage, and taxable grocery brands. You can find the waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. Hey, Lev, great to have you on the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. And so my whiz is before we get into this, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Lev and Resipal and give you some info before we talk about nutrition labels 101. So Lev Berlin, Lev, you are a self-proclaimed girl dad. I love that. (laughs) Uh, You're a former consultant, you're a former food business owner, and you, you like before starting Recipal, you started Slant Shack Jerky with a group of 10 friends. And the story goes that you were like in the process of getting this off the ground and you discovered the stress of nutrition labeling, which, you know, as we all know, eventually led you to found Recipal. So Recipal is really, really simple software for food businesses that focuses on things like nutrition labeling, costing, and inventory management. So Lev, let's let's take you back down memory lane and tell us about that, that experience of starting Slant Shack with your friends and getting to that point where, where you just got stuck on the labeling side of things. Yeah. So this is like the time in a lot of people's lives when they graduate college and they have their kind of first desk job or whatever job that they're kind of fell into and maybe aren't super, super stoked about, um, but doing it pays the bills. And um, one of our friends got uh, a dehydrator for Christmas mm. from his mom <laughs> and started making jerky. And we all kind of like swarm like magnets yep. to it. Yep. Um, and it was just like a, fun thing on the side we'd like bring jerky to parties and yeah everyone that kind of was into jerky or liked it was like oh like how do I get involved in this thing that's not really a thing yep and eventually we started selling like underground at a one of those under the radar markets those in Mm -hmm. like a church basement at the time um which pretty quickly got shut down but 
we got like the the word out. It was kind of one of those hot spots for yes, like food writers and bloggers and food critics. And Lev, was this in? I can't remember. Was this in San Francisco? No, this was in New York. This was in New York. Um, okay, because we also had that like underground, like in church basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it was like, like before the pop, like pop up stuff. Morgusburg yeah. and like yeah, exactly. the way exactly. more kind of organized. Yeah. Well, especially with a meat product too, right? Like there was all the, of course there was like regulation. So you were just like slinging jerky on the side. I feel like this is a really, really common story. You broke all the rules. You broke all the rules. (laughs) Yes. You can't, you can't handle meat in your apartment and sell it. Just not a thing. Right. Um, But you did. Jam. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yep. But you (laughs) did. And you got away with it for Yeah. And we became like a way too popular mm-hmm. um like i think the breaking point was um someone some writer wanted to feature us in maxim's like top 10 jerkies oh in gosh. america <laughs> like we're not a business yeah you're like, so it like stop it yeah, so it's all like <laughs> like heads down like everybody get organized like what do we have to do to make this a real thing and yeah fortunately there were so many of us there were, i forget if it was me and nine other people or me and 10 other people i was far from in charge um Gosh. we had a really awesome founder who like mm. brought all these people together and somehow managed everybody um yeah 10 you know, is a lot excited. i mean 10 is a lot <laughs> especially, especially yeah like at the beginning and i'm picturing you guys like <laughs> i mean correct me if i'm wrong but like 10 young men like in their early 20s just like running around new york selling illegal jerky i mean it's kind of funny <laughs> It's a, it's a funny thing to picture. Yeah. No, we, we had women too. They were yep. probably the more important part of the, <laughs> we, we had a, a girl who was like head of catering mm. um, at Gourmet Garage. And she did a ton of the flavor development, oh, cool. like finance consultant people and yep. engineer that would like build our like displays and just kind of got, got funky with um, all his engineering stuff. Cool. Um, like a PR person. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, a legit business for one that was started underground. Yeah. So we started doing, we started looking for a USDA inspected facility, um, getting like legit packaging, like a website, all those things. And I just happened to be put in charge of the, yeah, like someone's got to figure out nutrition labels. I don't know why I was put in charge of it, (laughs) but it was. Yeah. Um, Turned into Recipal many years later, but um, yeah, it was kind of one of those overwhelming things. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, like let's design packaging. Who's our like art person or who do we know that right. does food label design or could do that? Um, it was like, oh, like, do we have to send it to a lab? Do we have right. to like hire someone? Right. Like, these were all kind of the first questions that pop into people's heads. Yeah. Um, and at the time we were doing, our thing was like customizable jerky. So mm. Of course, we don't do it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like let's go crazy. Let's have, yeah, let's make it as hard skews. as possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, would not recommend that to anyone. Um, but obviously, there are a ton of like kind of custom um, products out there, which sure. are cool. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was like you could pick your meat at the time. We were doing beef and turkey, and I want to say even like salmon. Oh my gosh! Um, and you could customize your meat thickness, and then you could do a marinade and a rub and a glaze. And I was like, there's so many combinations. Yes. None of there were like thousands. There were like 60 or something. Yeah. Um, but we weren't going to send that all to a lab or even hire someone. Right. So I sort of digging and doing kind of basic Google research and reading mm-hmm. through the FDA site and the USDA site. Um, 
we realized you could do this thing called database analysis, which yep. um, there are that like the USDA publishes um, a database of ingredients and their nutrition mm-hmm. profiles. Um, and then at that point, you're just kind of doing the math of adding yeah. up all the ingredients um, and then dividing it into like whatever your per serving portion is that the FDA kind of lays out for different types of products. Yeah. Um, and so then I, I picture you as this young guy and you're like, you're basically like putting all these pieces together and, and thinking to yourself, like, there's gotta be a better way. Like, why am I, I can't be the first person who's going through this arduous process here. Like, how can I, (laughs) how can I solve this problem for other food founders? Yeah. The, the products there, obviously Roskell is not the first or the last like nutrition analysis or labeling software, um, but at least at the time and still feels a little bit um, to this day that the products are like geared more towards nutritionists for people that like live and breathe mm-hmm. this software yeah. like day in, day out. Yeah. Um, so it's either like some kind of more clunky desktop software that you got, you'd have to like buy outright. It's pretty mm-hmm. expensive if mm-hmm. you're essentially going to throw away um, or even the like web-based like per use or like monthly products yep. were like super expensive. Yep. Um, then of course you could send it to a lab. Right. Um, which just for some products you have to, um, yep. but for us wasn't really a great option. So it seemed, I wasn't even really thinking business. I was like, right. we can't, we can't afford this. <laughs> this doesn't make sense for our business. Yep. Um, so I made an Excel spreadsheet, yep. um, and, like got the USDA data and built a little thing you could like search in. Cause that's what I did at my consulting job all the time. I was like, okay. you build little Excel models and make a little super basic UI for like banks to use yep. um, to calculate whatever. Um, so we use that for, for Slant Shack just to mm-hmm. calculate things and um, at least be able to get to that next step. Like, okay, then we have to put it into like some nutrition label format. And there are those tools too, where if you already have the information, right. you plug it in and just download the, the label. But it was obviously a bunch of steps for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I felt like there's this sweet spot of like focusing on like the food entrepreneur, the food business, someone that's like a solo founder, a really small team yeah. or a chef where they need to be able to like get in and get out. Like all that research I did could kind of leverage to like, really like not dumb it down, but like distill yeah, like make it easy. what you need um, yeah. as opposed to like all the bells and whistles and um, kind of making it more complicated yeah and like in my mind i'm like and all the dollar signs that come with that too right it's like exactly yeah you you really had this need to have to to find something that was affordable and effective um as a small business owner or small you know as as that that team um and for me at the time i was i also had like another side project where okay i was trying to start a company with my roommate and we were looking for like a CTO or someone to hire to like build an MVP of our gotcha. like software. Um, yep. And it was so hard at the time. This was like 2009, mm. 10 and okay. developers were like very much in high demand and short supply. Mm-hmm. And it was just impossible to find someone even to like pay them. Yeah. Not even like an equity kind of <laughs> Or in deal. jerky. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, like I was in engineering school, I'm good at math and stuff. Like maybe huh. this is the right opportunity to like learn web development and start 
tinkering wow. with that. So rest was like a very, very slow burn of like me, like learning stuff on the side and just like tinkering and it's like a little playground. Um, so the I thoughts love- of like it being a business was like pretty right. far off in the distance. That's really, that's really interesting. Cause in my mind you were like, I'm, I did this first land track and like, n- now I'm going to make a business of it. And it's, it's really interesting. Love to hear that story about how it was that more of the slow burn for you. And really just, I don't know, it's just so interesting to me that feels like you're such an entrepreneur through and through, you know, you've already mentioned three businesses on this episode and here we are like 10 minutes in, I imagine yeah. like, um, <laughs> that's just, that's, that's part of your, your nature. Yeah. Although, um, now I've been doing working on Recipal for full time for mm. like eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've lost that. <laughs> like, I don't know if I could ever do like start something fresh. It feels yeah. so like foreign at this point. But at the time when you're like 22, 23, 24, 25, yeah. you, know, you have all these ideas and you're so excited and curious and you yeah. don't have kids. I can um, really, I can really <laughs> relate to that. Not on the kids front, but I can so relate to that. Like a decade later and I'm like, how did I just have the... You yeah. know, the the Where, courage and like um the audacity yeah, to just do yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um the person so you, is still somewhere in there. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um so you launched Recipal, like you said, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so it was like year, a eleven project. years ago. Um, when did you launch it? Um at first was it started as um the domain was facts are dot us like facts are us which is not very funny good <laughs> eventually rebranded once it was like okay this is like a business i'm gonna work on right but yeah i think somewhere in 2011 there was some like public um website that was like somewhat functional hmm. and hmm. kept like tinkering with it and talking to like the very few people that somehow found it online and had questions or like bug reports or yeah. <laughs> were super confused because it wasn't good. Of course. Um, right. The beta version 10 yeah, years ago. Eventually yeah. like kept working on and felt like pretty confident about it that it was like actually useful to people. And yep. um and I think I had like stripe and like payments to it. Mm, and yep. the very first person that purchased anything, I was like super excited. I was with hang out with my dad doing something that day like dad someone like paid for recipal or facts or us at the time and he's like oh that's amazing like you made your first 20 bucks yeah <laughs> um and then like within an hour they asked for a refund they thought it was oh. something different oh, <laughs> was no. like, that was like the startup roller coaster and i was like oh god oh my god um, that's that's a great story the highs and the lows of yeah, entrepreneurship within like an hour i was like so excited and like so sad were you still um, with your dad and you're like oh Dad, I got yeah, bad I'm news. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's just like the, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as good news as we thought. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, so eventually, like, kept working on it. And it was just a side project for a while. I yep. started like another, tried like another startup with a, a person I met that we worked on for like a year. Mm-hmm. And I was still like kind of moonlighting on Recipal, like doing little things. Eventually, that fell through, and my wife then. Uh, girlfriend at the time was like yep. you should really like she thought Respel was really cool because she's really into food yep I don't know I don't know what she saw in, in it but <laughs> I didn't she was like you should like just work on that it's like so obvious mm-hmm. and I just saw it as like this little, side hustle like, yeah thing on the yeah. side was like yeah beer money or travel money maybe um right. and then so I was like all right like maybe you're right 
like set myself a goal, like get it to like ramen profitability, yep. like pay for rent. Um, yep. And that happened like surprisingly quickly. And that was like 2013 or so. And then <sighs> kind of, yeah, been been like my full-time job since then, which is wow. kind of crazy. That's amazing. I mean, here we are like 10 years later. And I I said this before we started recording, but Recipel is is truly like one of the the things that is recommended time and time again in our retail ready student group. I feel like it's like every week someone asks about nutrition labels and some yeah. other student chimes in and is like, just use Recipel. Like that's the one to use. Like there's no other choice here. Just, yeah, because it was never intended to be it. a business. It was like, oh, how do I make keep making this thing better? Even if no one or like one person yeah. cares. <laughs> like it was just fun. One of the lessons that I hear too is that that Recipel took off when you went all in on it. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah. but just that idea that like it's it's really easy to spread our time between multiple things. And sometimes it just takes that like leap of faith and that, um, that commitment to really take, take your business to the next level. Yeah. And I was definitely fortunate. I like had savings from my mm. consulting job. Um, sure. So I had like a, a good safety amount net. Of c- cushion yeah. there. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I had like little side things at sure. various points to like, pay bills or have like some money yeah. coming in and not just like a <laughs> yes I can relate to that when starting in my own account, business as well. Yeah, it's like hmm, yeah, what yeah. what do I need to take on this quarter just to like smooth things out a little bit. I feel like yeah, we've all point, we've all been um, there. I was trying to like find someone to run it like a digital marketing person even just I was trying to kind of like give it away I honestly was like the last person to believe in it. Um <laughs> And they ended up not being able to do it, but were really helpful with just like the basic, like SEO, like how you position it mm, um, mm. for like the audience we were thinking about. And yeah. that was like pretty instrumental. I'm not sure my like full-time efforts would have paid off right. without having that like kind of um, base to like build off of that yep. like actually made sense yep. from someone who like, I, I think he had experience with, a food business mm. they use some software similar and kind of like understood the customer and business yeah. a little bit yeah and brought um, in that expertise that you didn't have you know yeah seo or but that was like totally like kind of fortuitous that was like a i posted on our college like alumni email yep. list like venture net or whatever group yep. it was and he like I don't even think he went to our college, but someone like forwarded it to him Um, and we connected and that like definitely paid off. So a lot of luck between like jerky and like software development timing. Yeah. It seems, um, well, I don't want to discredit your hard work too, or you're like the work that went into it. Right. It's, I feel like it was right time, right place, luck. And also you kept at it. Right. Yeah. Like for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. Here we are. We're having this conversation 10 years later and you're now, you know, running Recipal full time. Yeah. I always think about you know, uh, if people listen to the, how I built this podcast at the end, he goes, how much do you attribute like your success to luck and how much to yeah. your hard work? It's like, it's kind of all luck, <laughs> but like in this specific case, maybe it would have been something else. But you always yes. have to like do the work and talk oh. to your customers and all that stuff. But it's like, 
a hundred percent luck, <laughs> like a hundred percent hard work. I, yes. I don't know. Both of those things combined. Okay. Lem, we are yeah. going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about nutrition labels. How's that sound? It sounds like a plan. Okay. Hang tight. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistance working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready Enrollment opens again soon. So jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot. Okay, Lev, I want to talk about nutrition labels and specifically the from the, the viewpoint of this small business owner who's just getting going, maybe having some success, and then they're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> uh, do I need nutrition labels? So can we start there at, at a very basic level? Um, who needs labels? And like, what what does that, what what is the regulatory, like, process around that yeah we'll get into the kind of meat and potatoes that people who Great. kind of read the headline of the podcast were like i want to learn about this and i don't <laughs> really care about lev's background um <laughs> yeah so that's kind of a fairly big question um yeah. there's kind of like a few different angles to it so okay. there are certain things that are totally exempt from nutrition labels you mm-hmm. can always put nutrition labels on your product if you want to um like your raw fruits and vegetables, right. those don't need nutrition labels. Yep. Um, and there's for kind of a lot of folks, I imagine listening to this podcast, um, if you're an emerging food brand, um, there's a small business exemption. So mm. if you're below a certain number of full-time employees or yep. units or sales, um, yep. I want to say it's, uh, you can look it up exactly. I have it in my notes here. Um, so below, um, uh, 10 full-time okay 10 employees, full-time employees um wow. or more okay. than 100 100,000 units which is yep. kind of a lot um, yep. or more than 500,000 total sales mm. um that's kind of the, the threshold um, great so so but what I'm so how, as I interpret this like y- you could theoretically like run your business for a while without hitting that yeah, threshold and, and once you and once you cross those you have an 18 month grace period. Oh, um, great. Yeah. So it's like you're pretty long. You got runway. some time. Um, yeah. yeah. If you're just starting out or kind of just starting to sell and grow your accounts. Um, yep. Like the flip side of the exemptions when you're required to, um, if you're making any sort of nutritional claims, mm. you have to support that with the relevant information on our nutrition label. So gotcha. if you're saying so, your yeah. product is low in fat or yep. low calorie yep. or high in fiber, you need the supporting kind of documentation on your packaging. Regardless of if you haven't hit that threshold. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Certain, so like with claims, no more exemptions. Um, gotcha. The, and then the kind of the part that's like a little bit fuzzy and um, a little ambiguous when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to sell through retail establishments yeah. and they are not exempt. So if you're selling through like a Whole Foods, yep. then you kind of fall under their lack of exemption. Mm. Um, mm. So that's not, um, if it doesn't really from 
when I remember reading through like that part of it, um, doesn't really spell that part out. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how we hmm. interpret it. And it seems like that's kind of how practically it happens. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm trying to think like we had a fair amount of products, packaged products, you know, not producer stuff, packaged products that didn't have nutrition labels at buy, right. And the only time I don't know if I told you this love, there was one time that someone came in from like the government and yeah. like bopped someone for not having the right mm-hmm. nutrition or I, actually, I don't even think it was nutrition labels. It was that Something they didn't else. have, they didn't have the right um, net weight on the front of their package. Yeah. And so it was someone who was from weights and measures oh, and yeah. they, and they <laughs> had us like pull all the product off the shelf um, and, you know, work with that vendor to get appropriate pra- yeah. packaging before we could put it back on. But it yeah. was, I mean, one time in, you know, seven years or so I ever saw anyone come in and audit our shelves. Yeah. The enforcement is pretty loose um, yeah. from what I understand, just kind of resources there. Um, yeah. Are pretty thin but yeah it's kind of a if you're a small brand you're no one's gonna really come after right. you for right. these things it's like the ones you hear about are the ones that are kind of growing or bigger yeah. brands that are making yeah. claims um or kind of yeah the the idea is like to be truthful and not misleading with like all of your labeling sure. and when sure. you kind of walk that gray area or across tiptoe that line or outright cross it and you're bigger that's when you um can get into more trouble yeah experience yeah well I was just thinking about your your story with slant shack and you know maxim trying to to write you up it's yeah once you start getting press or more eyeballs on you then likely you want to make sure that you're compliant here but I imagine there's there's also opportunity where people want to have nutrition labels even if they aren't required to have you experienced that as well yeah i think that's probably the most common thing to be honest like mm. the, you can probably ignore all the rules and kind of just go with your gut and you'll yeah. be fine yeah. um, as you're growing that's probably if you're selling at a farmer's market or yep. in like small stores like people will probably ask if you're doing demos like oh like do you have what's how many calories yeah. is this or is this a such and such type food um but, falls into any of those like the dietary categories Mm, yeah um yeah so depending on your clientele and who like your customer personas are it might make sense to do it immediately before you've sold like a single unit yep um and then also kind of make gives you an aura of like more professionalism and oh for sure further advanced than you might really be um if you're packaging and labeling is like super buttoned up and professional and like yep. really draws the eye and you have all the kind of next steps figured out, like the nutrition labels and, and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you're set up for the next steps. And when totally. you are like taking retail ready and trying to get into all those stores, yeah, um, you're, you're you good to go to like figure out this extra right. thing. That's like maybe a little bit daunting, even yeah. though it doesn't necessarily have to be. 
Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually curious. Um, and this is, this is totally off script love, but I'm curious if, if consumers are more or less, um, interested in nutrition facts nowadays, I feel like they're, I feel like we, we hit this like peak where people like really wanted to know like how much sugar, how much protein, how much, how many net carbs, like, and I'm, you know, I'm just speculating here, but I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering if, at, if we did hit the peak and people are doing, you know, more, I yeah, don't know what like it would be like intuitive like a, eating nowadays. Yeah. I'm not it feels sure. like a kind of like nineties thing. Yeah. To like be counting calories or something. Yeah. And yeah, we did like a, we made like a little report a, a while, like five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of looked into all like the new um, customers signing up for Recipal just mm. to see like, what language they're using on their like social media and website. Yeah. And there's so much like local um, yeah. kind of like less about. Um, Not the, like low like, fat, low carb. Yeah. yeah it was like, local, about, like, the, like small batch artisan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, that was pretty surprising. Mm. Um, I don't know if that was like a self-selecting within Recipal users mm. or an overall like hard to, to know how far to yeah. draw that out. Yeah. And but, you know, I, I live in, right. and I live in a bubble in San Francisco, right? Like I'm very, sure. very aware of that. And I think if we, if we went to other parts of the country, people are probably still, um, you know, doing more of that package flipping and calorie counting and stuff. Yeah. Depending on, yeah. The, the demographics totally. Yeah. yeah um, absolutely. People kind of form their nutritional identities and philosophies during that time. And that probably sticks with you for a very long time. (laughs) Very. That's very true. Okay. So we're a small business, let's say, and regardless of whether or not we hit that threshold, that like legal requirement, we make the decision to have nutrition facts. We're like, okay, our audience wants this. Um, It makes us seem more professional. Like we are going to move forward with doing this. What comes next? Like, how do I take that first step? Yeah, so we touched on this a little bit before. Um, you basically have you have a few options, really two. Um, yep. So one is doing sending your product off to a lab. Yep. Um, they'll it'll cost like seven, eight hundred bucks or so. Yep. Um, and they'll analyze your product for the different nutrients, like mm-hmm. vitamins, minerals, calories. They'll do like the the science chemistry version of yep. all of that. Yep. Um, and for like that sample that you give them, it'll test that sample at that point in time. Um, and you'll get your like nutrition results back. They usually send it like per 100 grams. You'll have Mm. like your 100 gram nutritional report that you'll have to turn into like your per serving nutritional report and then, um, format it into like the actual label and do all the rounding stuff. Um, you can do that part within recipe. Um, the other option is to do, um, uh, what's called a database analysis. And that's what okay. nutrition and labeling software, including Recipal does. Um, so you'll have like a database of ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's like all your common stuff. Um, and each of those ingredients will have nutrition information associated with it. Yep. And you essentially build out a recipe. So if you make cookies, right. you know, like a cup of flour, half a stick of butter, a teaspoon of salt, sugar, and it'll do all the math. Yep. You say, yep. all right, our, this makes four packages and each package has two servings. 
and says, all right, per serving, they're 100 calories. Yep. Do all the math, do all the rounding. And, it's, and you'll be able to. Yeah. And you'll be able to, with REST file, you can download like a PDF or a JPEG yep. um, file that's like formatted and follows all like the, the rounding rules from the FDA and the hairlines and the box and just all the basic stuff yeah. um, that they lay out. So why um, would, why would someone choose a lab versus like the database analysis that Recipal provides? Yeah. So most products are totally fine to do um, a database analysis on mm-hmm. some products. Um, sometimes you just want that like peace of mind. You feel like it's a better approach um, yep. or you have, or you already budgeted for it, whatever. Yep. Um, but some products that are like more heavily processed just really mm-hmm. lend themselves more towards doing a lab analysis where you yep. kind of have to make a lot of guesses gotcha. um, if you're otherwise doing a, da- a database analysis. So yep. something like a fermented food is a pretty mm-hmm. good um, yeah. candidate for a lab analysis. Yep. Um, if you're doing like a broth where you're like mm-hmm. boiling something or simmering it and then straining things out and Right. pretty hard to say like what ends up in the, the, the final product yeah. yeah um yeah. fried foods where you have to like measure what the oil uptake is mm. um mm. you like that stuff you can measure but yeah. um that probably makes sense to do yeah right like you you it. might still be able to like get a close enough result from a database analysis but like at the end of the day if you're truly looking uh-huh. for something like uh for something that's like very, very accurate for your specific product from like the actual sample of it, that's when you do the the lab analysis, right? Yeah, something that's more more um, heavily processed and yep. like beyond like baking, right? Um, or right. just like cooking up a little bit. Um, right. hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. so people still like use database analysis for those, yep. but we don't really recommended when someone like calls us and asks about that. I was like, if I were you and you want to do this right, I would yeah, go to the lab. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes it's just, it's not an option and you kind of have to figure it out a little bit, like do yeah. a little more research or try to like measure things like super precisely. Um, right. And try to make kind of the, the most educated guess you can. Yeah. And then once you get to the next stage, figure it out later right but, like maybe round um, like 2.0 gets sent to the lab yeah, yeah exactly. once you've got you know a better handle on your cash flow or whatever and you've yeah. got the, the budget for it so then we can either use something like recipal or i from time to time i do see folks in retail ready who decide to hire a consultant mm-hmm. um to be clear not me i don't do this but uh someone who works <laughs> yeah someone who works in you know research and development a product developer or someone like that yeah um, nutritionist nutritionist food scientist um yep. you know leaning that way um yep. tell me about that option as well yeah that's a um so they would generally be using software like Recipal mm. or some other database nutrition software. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, it's totally fine too. Um, yep. You basically have to end up sending them all your recipe information. Yep. Um, so everything that you put into the software yourself, you're going to be sending to them. Although yep. maybe they'll be asking for it in different ways um, that might, but just like a, 
we're trying to make it as easy as possible for yeah. food businesses to do this themselves. Yep. And um, go like straight to the source, right? That they yeah, don't need to um, hire that person who's just going to end up <laughs> using Recipel as well. But at the same time, like you're doing this once and this other person has done it tens, right. hundreds, thousands this is of true. times. So yep. this is true. just that, that experience. And um, if your skill set, maybe like you're not good with software, yep. maybe you're not good at like math or you're not super organized and need yep. someone to kind of do those things for you. And yeah, it's not a good use of your time or you have, you've budgeted for it, or it's yep. just going to cause you frustration or you just want that peace of mind of someone who's done it a bunch and will ask yeah. the right questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just I have so like a, I, yeah. I appreciate that Lev. Like at some point you're like, I'm just going to pay for this peace of mind. Like I could DIY, but like, I'm just going to yeah. hire it. I'm going to hire it out. Yeah. I appreciate it's, that. It's a yeah. kind of personality approach yeah. and kind of business mindset, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of peace of mind, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ask a question that I'm sure people are asking about, like, or thinking about, like, as we go through this process of getting nutrition labels or really start digging into what's in our product, what attributes does it have? Like, what can we legally say and not say and all of that? Like, it feels it feels heavy. Like it feels like there's a responsibility there. Right. And that like you are potentially opening yourself up to liability if you don't get these things correct. Right. Um, yeah. Have yeah, you, can, day, can we talk about that a little bit? Like should brands be nervous about this? Like what is yeah, this, kind of is this a real before, consideration? Um, <laughs> and um yeah, like as the food manufacturer, yep. like the buck stops with you, like you, yeah. whether you hire someone or use like software or a lab, like you're responsible for what goes into your packaging. Yep. Um, if you like send your stuff off to a lab, but then your formulation changes mm. or like it's yeah. not exactly the same every time for whatever reason, like humidity or who knows. Yeah. With like baking. Um you have to like take that all into account, like just because you paid someone to do something for you, like you're still, yep. it's your business. It's, yep. <laughs> it's your, it's your name. That's um, this on the is packaging true. and everything. So yeah, you, you are responsible, but like we were saying with FDA, it's like not a heavily resourced body that's coming it's after true. like your cottage food business or your like fledgling emerging yes. food brand. Um, but at the same time, like, the goal and the expectation is that you're going to be truthful and not right. misleading. So that's right. kind of like should be in the back of your mind with anything you're putting on your packaging. Yeah. You're trying to like provide more transparency mm. and insight to your customers um, rather than necessarily trying to sell them something. Yeah. You're trying to do that as well, obviously, Yeah. but within that, that kind of framework. Yep. Um, but as far as the, Nutrition labels are concerned. Um, there is definitely like leeway. Like mm. there, you could take different samples of your product and test it in a lab and get different results. It's sure. not going to be exactly the same right. every time. Right. Um, so there's basically like a 20% range mm. um, for each of the like various nutrients on your label. Right. So right. the things that are like quote unquote good nutrients, the things that are called like level one I forget the exact terminology because okay. um, it's like not useful for our customers <laughs> um 
the things that are like quote unquote good. Yep. Um, you don't want to be more than 20% below gotcha. what you say. Um, mm-hmm. and things that are bad, you don't want to be more than 20% above what you right. say. Right. Um, so that would be like, you don't want to say that you're, I don't know what's bad, like saturated fats or whatever. You've sure. got that like 20% threshold that yeah, you, so if you say you don't be going there's over. 10 grams and mm-hmm. there's actually 12, right. That's fine. If there's 13, that's not so good. Right. Um, but if say you get audited and, um, the FDA like takes samples of your product and tests yep. it. And um, there are like discrepancies along those lines. Yep. Like the most common thing that's going to happen is that they'll come back to you and say, like, we found a few of these things that are off. Yep. Like if it's not like blatant and misleading. Right. Um, the thing that they'll say is next time you do a run of like labels, they print, print different ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's not so bad. Yeah. It, it's not. So it's not like a, something that should keep you up right at night for weeks <laughs> and weeks like they're not going to come right. in and like yeah like pull the power plug and like shut you down for yeah you know uh and they're obviously like yeah. various levels to sure that thing and it's not up to you to decide but that's kind of it's like it's someone else's discretion yes um but that's kind of the general approach and framework they take yeah Thank you for that, um, that peace yeah. of mind. And I think Lev, um, I've got, I know I've got two blog posts that I'm going to go ahead and link, link to in our show notes. One talks more about those, the like nitty gritty numbers of the, uh, the threshold for, for regulatory compliance. And then the mm-hmm. other one talks a, a bit more about this, like the, um, the like good and bad and like the, yep. the risks and, and what you need to do, um, as a, a food business owner. So I'll link both of those in the show notes for folks who are listening and are like, okay, but I want like a little bit more detail here. Yeah, for sure. So Lev this, I, gosh, I just, I, I can't say it enough. I, I am really so grateful on behalf of my retail ready students and like the broader food community that you founded Recipal. And I guess I would extend that gratuity to your wife uh, for pushing you to, (laughs) to keep working on that. I mean, I need to push sometimes what a service that you have done for our industry. It's, it's really, really valuable. Um, So let's wrap up with this love. Where, where can people find you? Where should they, they go to, you know, besides of course the show notes, where can people find out more about Recipal and keep in touch with you? Yeah, just the website really, um, just recipal.com. We have like a Twitter and Facebook that we're not super um, up on. I think that's Um, okay. I think that's okay for your product line. Um, Yeah. I was like, do we need an Instagram? What would we post <laughs> like customers products? Right. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of stick to the website um, awesome. for the most part. And that's where you can find us. That's where you can um, sign up. The blog has a ton of information. You can yeah. reach out, um, email or chat us and awesome. um, we can chat from there. Great. Thank you, Lev. I will link all of that in the show notes. And again, thanks for being here on Food Biz Bits. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. 
Okay, my whizzes. Again, thanks to you guys for joining us and learning more from Lev. Recipel is, like I said, the go-to resource for nutrition labels inside of our student group in Retail Ready. And I am grateful for his time with us today. So I hope that you took some next steps, that you took some notes, particularly if you are in that like early stage of figuring, figuring out your labels, your nutrition facts, your legal requirements, all of that. So from here, we are going to continue the conversation inside of our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. We are over 2,600 food and beverage founders continuing the convo around these podcast episodes. So find your invite again directly in the show notes, as well as all of the resources that we talked about on today's episode. Thanks again for joining today, and I will see you right back here next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.